I've never lied to you. Your Bible is full of lies. Your sky God makes no sense. If he was all perfect, why don't he come down and do something? If he can heal everybody in a minute, why doesn't he heal them all? Why do he make all these different races to fight and to kill? Why does he bring some into the world born blind? America, 1973. Christian America. Jehovah's America. Bible America, 1973. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain by following me. Why don't you deny yourself? Why don't you deny yourself? Why don't you say yes to this cause and no to that slave system? I thank you. I thank you. I thank you because my words are spirit and my words are life. This is a revolution that will heal you. This is a father that will save you. This is one that will shepherd you through every storm. Introducing Promised Land, an in-depth look at Jim Jones and the People's Temple. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. In part two of our series on Heaven's Gate, we discuss Marshall and Bonnie's ideology shift to a blend of religious as well as sci-fi beliefs. The focus now becomes more on a UFO that would take members, when ready, to the next level. Bonnie and Marshall also change their names and ask their followers to do the same, further removing their sense of being humans. All of this, however, gets thrown for a loop when one of the two founders passes away, not according to the original plan. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought we were going to abide by the memo from Cooldown Media Management, prohibiting the consumption of bourbon during today's show, stick around. Brother Francis has three words for them. A go, a fuck a yourself. This is Necronomapod. This is as true as true could be, but you have to know me. You have to trust me. You have to believe me. That's a difficult task to trust me. You do not know me well enough to trust me. I understand. These know me. You don't know me. But to you, we are a dangerous cult. We understand that. I'm so happy because that my time is short. If you come with us, your time is short. This day, thou shalt be with me in paradise. When I say Bo, you say Peep. Bo. Peep. Bo. Peep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're going to be on our best behavior this week. We went a little off the rails, uh, Heaven's Gate Part 1. I don't remember at all, quite frankly, what we talked about. (laughs) So, see, Dave, now imagine if we forced you to do a trivia show based on that episode. Welcome to my life. I see your point. I see your point. Terrible. It's terrible. It's humiliating. (laughs) Getting beat by our listeners who know so much more about our own episodes. I, I kept hearing about Brother Francis. I'm like, who's Brother Francis? <laughs> <laughs> so I threw him in the opener there. This is what happens when uh, <laughs> Dave and I have a couple of whiskeys before the show. That's right. And then I stop drinking whiskey and Dave keeps drinking whiskey during the show. <laughs> Guilty. And I switched to champagne.
the champagne of beers. Um, so I believe, as predicted by me, much like I predicted Tom Brady to win this year's Super Bowl, God. Heaven's Gate is not going to be two parts. That's a shocker. Ian, what the hell happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was writing them last night. I'm like, yeah, no, this is going to be this is going to be three parts. I am completely shocked. Yeah. Can you imagine the first time we did this show? It was one part, like an hour long episode. It's true. What the yeah, fuck? That's Ian? nonsense. <laughs> well, at the same time, Dave and I weren't belligerent and interrupting Ian. We probably could have made that show, you know, two parts, three hours uh, with all of the our drunken comments and debauchery. Like, we, did we use our NPR voices back then? Like, oh, that's interesting. Ian uh, Marshall was an opera and a musician on Broadway. Interesting. Fast forward two years later, we're talking about pizzas falling off of buildings and killing people. I legitimately do not recall that conversation one either. bit. I have no idea what you're talking about. When Ian texted us about that, and Dave and I both were like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? He's like, yeah, Dave was talking about pizza falling out of a building, and Mike, you said they didn't die from the impact. No no recollection of that. Nope. nope. Why the fuck died are we talking the about- sauce getting in their eye. Why were we talking about pizza? Walking into traffic. <laughs> That's great. Oh, God. My wife, however, did play for me the last sentence from the last show when you asked me if I had anything else. And I go, I'm a reserve judgment for a little later. I'm like, Holy <laughs> shit, was that me? <laughs> what the fuck was I trying to say there? <laughs> if we were like recording it or had it on video, uh, we have to put closed captioning in or like yeah, the subtitles right. of what the hell Dave right. was saying. But it would just read like Don Vito from uh, Bam. I was going to say, just like Don Vito. Vito. Judgment. Right. <laughs> Doing the 50 shots of peach schnapps. Is that what it was? This was the funniest clip, maybe in MTV history, is when he does those 50. Did you ever see that, Ian? Yeah. When he does those 50 shots and he's yelling and getting drunk and no no one knows what the fuck he's saying. And then he pukes for an hour and a half in the parking lot. <laughs> Projectile. Everywhere. I'm pretty sure it would take about five shots of peach schnapps to get me like that. Ugh, if I could even awful. stomach that. That's like when I did that row of, what was that, six fireball oh, right in a row. Oh. I was sitting right next to you, and I was like, please don't do that. And you're like, get fucked. Get fucked, asshole. I'm doing this. We have been drinking all day, and we're at a neighbor's house, and then they all, like you, one of my other buddies, um, Brad, who, listener of the show, shout out to Brad, and uh, our buddy Jay, like you guys all lined up five shots of fireball. And <sighs> you looked at me and I'm like, the fuck? On? I'm not doing this shit. First of all, <laughs> fireball sucks. Second of all, that's I'm drunk. And even I can admit this is idiotic. You guys sat there <laughs> and ripped consecutively within a matter of like eight seconds, five shots of fireball each. Awful. I was gagging watching it. Awful. Is that the night Ian, you tried walking home and slipped in the mud? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did get lost that night. That was one of, of the nights I got lost. You literally, you literally <laughs> shared a backyard with this guy and you couldn't get home. It's happened multiple times. <laughs> the favorite part of that is that night, it's like I don't know, 1230 and I'd just gotten home and I sit down on the couch and I get a call from Ian. He shares a backyard with this guy and we're in like a suburban development neighborhood and Ian, I'm like, where are you? He's like, I don't know. I'm looking at a traffic light. And I was like, motherfucker, it's nothing but stop signs. Where are you? Traffic light. He, he missed his, mouth, his house by about three quarters of a mile and they share a backyard. <laughs> I forgot about the falling in the mud incident. Jesus. That was the night you actually took the backyard, right? Like you were actually walking through the backyard of your house instead of going around the block. 
and you yeah, slipped. I was going to jump the fence and I fell in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Don't do fireball folks. Don't do it. Um, all right. Well, heaven's gate. we got, a third part coming next week. Who knows? Ian will Mike text us next week. Like, hey, uh, it's gonna be four parts. Just saying. So <laughs> no, I'm gonna get it done next week. Next week. So, uh, did we look into Nike sponsoring this show at all? They really weren't interested, huh? I think it, Nike wants to forget all about this. <laughs> they never brought back the Nike decades. Yeah, that's a shame. Maybe for the like, what in? Uh, um, when did this happen? Ninety-seven, right? Is when? Yeah. The, so. 17, 20, maybe for the 20 year anniversary, mm. they'll do something. Oh, I'm sorry, the 30 year anniversary, yeah. a couple years, 25th anniversary next year. They can do like a 25th anniversary of the, you know, next level takeoff. How are you going to get to the next level if you don't have the shoes? I mean, it's not possible. I, I think we just wrote their commercial. Do it. Sell it. <laughs> start just with, do it. Starts with when I say Bo, you say Peeve. <laughs> <laughs> the, the decades are so hard to get a hold of and like, guys that like have a hobby out of collecting shoes like that and stuff, they are extremely expensive. Like I'm just looking at eBay right now and there's actually a pair that are new. Like they were never worn. They are going for $4,500. Damn. Wow. What size? Uh, size 13. Nope. Too big for me. Hmm. I got, I, I just found They're a pair ugly of, as fuck. Though. I got, yeah, they really are. I got a size 12 for $6,600. Oh shit. That's a good deal. I like that the person that's modeling them is also wearing uh, purple pants. <laughs> classless. I mean, of course Straight they are. classless. <laughs> Goddamn, pal. There's a pair here that are size 9. I could maybe... I wear a size 10. I could maybe pull those off. 2,250. I'm typically a 10 and a half. I don't know if I could I can mm, do that. I cannot fit in that. Yeah, they really are. Actually, they're pretty ugly. They remind me of Shamu. Like, just black and white like that. Mm. <laughs> the material is not great. This site, it's weird. The same one selling them from a from janky site. <laughs> it's the same one that's like at the link to eBay, but from this site, grail.com. It's got the uh, the the decades, but it's got Marshall Hepwood's face in the corner of the shoe. <laughs> Controls, oh, man. man. So, oh, I see the one with Marshall's face. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> These people, we would never make jokes. So, all right. Anyways, Ian, where we leave off? So where we left off on part one, Marshall Applewhite and Bonnie Nettles were going by the names Bo and Peep. And due to failures in holding the group together, they started to hold recruitment meetings again. In 1976, at a meeting that was very hackle heavy, Bonnie said, quote, the harvest was closed. And everyone could fuck off. They weren't taking any new members. Heckle <laughs> heavy. I bet it was. We could do our Bo Peep routine in the back row. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine our first live show, how heckle heavy it's going to be? Bring it on. That'll be fun. I'm going to bring a thing of tomatoes and throw it at the audience. How about that? For a change of pace. <laughs> You'd be like Gallagher with your sledge matic or whatever you called it. Motherfuckers. Bring like a trebuchet up on stage and sling <laughs> tomatoes into the back row. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> this kicked off a 12-year isolation period where the world didn't hear from them at all. Uh, there were no recruitment meetings or anything like that. On part one, we talked about how Marshall and Bonnie were saying that they were going to be assassinated. 
Um, but when that actually didn't happen, they told followers that the assassination came in the form of the negative media coverage they had and, uh, and all those hecklers at the meetings. I don't understand why these guys always make such specific predictions on things that are going to happen, you know? Because clearly they're not. And then what are you going to do? You're stuck like holding your dick in your hand. Yeah. They're like thinking for the moment. There's no long term uh, thinking ahead here. Like this might not come true. Right. Be vague. Yeah. Like Jesus didn't do that. He's like, "Ah, see you when I see you. He wasn't specific about when he's coming back. He's much smarter than Bo and Pete. He had a much better uh, run cult than these people. Absolutely. It's still going strong today. Because he didn't make those ludicrous uh, predictions. Also in part one, we talked about during those meetings, they were saying that a demonstration would take place that would be like proof positive of them being the two witnesses from the book of Revelation. Now that they went into seclusion, they said they were going to be physically crucified and resurrected. At the time, this was to take place in the volleyball court area of the park that they were camping at. (laughs) Was Keith Rainier going to jump in there and (laughs) spike it on them? Shows up those little knee pads. <laughs> He's the one to nail the, uh, the with his bare the hands, spiking. He fucking Boom. wishes his shoes were as cool as the decades. He's fucking wearing those ugly ass New Balance white shoes. So when this obviously didn't happen, they said that their followers were too focused on the demonstration, and they needed to put focus into reaching the next level. <laughs> Here and now, they blamed yeah, it on their right. followers. <laughs> this is literally going to metaphorically take place. We're not lying. <laughs> the fuck and here. then it doesn't. It's on you. It's your fault. That's right. You weren't ready. <laughs> we didn't die because of you. And they were billing. They were. They were. They were selling this as like a. It's like they would. They would really die, and then like just disappear and be hmm. resurrected. So after this fell through, while they were at Medicine Bow National Park in Wyoming, in June of 1976, they started to tell followers that this demonstration would now happen in the form of a UFO coming to take them to the next level. This is something that they would say over and over again, and when a UFO never came, it would be flipped back onto the followers again, saying that they weren't ready for the next level yet, and the UFO would come when they were ready. (laughs) It's your fault daddy left us. Daddy didn't love you, so he had to <laughs> marry his secretary. <laughs> People were getting a bit disillusioned at this point, so Marshall and Bonnie switched things up to keep control. They changed their names to Doe and T, which would be their names for the rest of the group's history. They limited the flow of information from the next level. Now the next level would only speak to T who would then relay the information to Doe, and then Doe would disperse that information to the followers. Doe being Marshall. They're, did you say that? I apologize if I missed you saying that. Doe yeah, is Marshall and T is Bonnie. Right. And for the sake of the rest of this episode, we're going to call them Marshall Doe and Bonnie T the rest of the time because <clears throat> in my mind, it made the belief system make more sense mm. to keep calling them by these names. So it's spelled T-I. I thought maybe we were talking about T-I. I didn't realize it was. If only. Oh, the rapper? Yeah. <laughs> like T-I cult might be kind of fun. Late night sex so wet and so tight and you can pop bottles all night. Sounds better than this living in a park. I don't know. <laughs> Essentially in a T-I cult, you can have whatever you like. So 
<laughs> sounds, sounds a lot better. <laughs> Would they be rivals to Kanye's cult and Jared Leto's cult that have apparently rise, risen up? What do you mean? I'm just, they both like, well, Ian's made it very clear that he's, he's oh, pretty confident Kanye has a cult. And then if you follow Jared Leto, he's pretty much a cult leader. Is that right? Point. People are like cult followers of Jared Leto. Well, just, and the way they're dressing, like, you haven't seen this stuff? No. Oh, man. Like, I don't know what you're even talking about. Doesn't he have people living in seclusion and stuff with him? Kind I, of. I'm, I don't know. It's news to me. Are you breaking news here tonight? Okay, Blend Magazine has a whole article uh, titled Everything We Knew About Jared Leto's Cult. And then like. like no shit. What the fuck is that? Yeah. See, that's huh. Jared Leto. Wow. Yeah, and I'll send you this. You got. Hold on. I'll send you this photo. I saw. Where did I see him? I saw him on the, that Sunday morning show with Willie Geist interview him a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about being out. You cannot tell in a, me that's a not desert a cult. retreat or something, but they didn't really mention the cult aspect of it. No, he's straight up cult. Huh. It looks like a more attractive version of Children of God. <laughs> well, I, I sent you guys the article too. So you got Ti's cult, we got Jared Leto's cult, and we got Kanye and his little ugly gray sweats cult. I like Ti. I'm a big Ti fan. I, the most I've ever heard of T.I. is just now when you were rapping his lyrics. <laughs> My favorite T.I. line. Brain, oh, <laughs> he says, brain so good, could have sworn you went to college. The best. Damn. <laughs> brain so good, could have sworn you went to college. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> this is the most... Uh, We've ever given, our, I think, a one single rapper publicity on the show. I, I guess, yeah. He didn't even make our top list the last couple weeks, so. Well, he was nearly good enough to make my list. Well, obviously. <laughs> but Kid Rock was. Yeah. <laughs> Devil Without a Cause. <laughs> it is officially the thir- third greatest hip-hop album in Cool Down Media history. Oh, oh my goodness. Still going with that bit, huh? <clears throat> Finally, they set on some strict rules and called this new program the classroom. The obvious rules of no sex, no drinking, no drugs, no possessions, and no contact with the, with family members was a big part of this. But Doe and T put their own twist on it. Are they still living in the park at this time? Yeah. Doesn't yeah, they're great. still living in the park and they're... <clears throat> they spent a lot of time in uh, in Wyoming, but then they start bouncing around all over the country. But it's always in different parks and forests and shit. They split the members up into two-person teams that they call check partners or star clusters. Doe and T purposely paired followers with people they wouldn't typically get along with. Each star cluster was named after a different galaxy, and their tents were supposed to represent a UFO. Doe and T also had somewhat of an inner circle that they called helpers. And these helpers would rotate around to each star cluster tent to make sure that things were staying on track down to how things were organized inside their tents. Like it was extremely controlling and everything had to be done a certain way. Like literal tents just out in the park. Yeah. Yeah. We're not. Yeah. The, these not are just luxury like two tents. person tents. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, barely fit to which minute call it. Who we just talk about a couple weeks ago with the tent, the tent dude with the uh, head and Clark tug job. Teddy. Oh, yeah, tug job. Teddy. Yeah. yeah. A lot of tent talk on uh, for being a non-camping show. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Tent, tent Talk tonight. We're going to talk about the latest <laughs> trends on how to put up your tent quickly and uh, make sure it doesn't blow away during a storm. 
Okay, so Dave will be talking for 10 minutes and Ian and I will be completely silent because I guarantee you, Ian and I together could not put up a tent in under two hours. Oh, my God. I wouldn't even no, know how to start. Absolutely not. Yeah. You yeah. dig those little wiry poles into the ground, I think, and then, but you got to like base it so like the tent doesn't actually blow away. Fuck that. Just get a hotel, man. Embassy Suites, they got a two hour cocktail hour every fucking night for guests. Why the hell are you not staying there? You make a valid point. Embassy Suites is a very good underrated hotel, I think. Underrated. I like those cocktail hours. Because they're usually only three, three and a half, maybe four star rated. Those cut every night. Manager special, they call it. Those are cool. Yeah. I like those. Yeah. I, I picture Haddon Clark's setup better than his was probably better than. Yeah, you're Evans probably Gate. right. Yeah, he was getting <laughs> chicks back there. <laughs> I mean, but was it better? Like he had the teddy bear that he is like. Talking <laughs> wow. I mean, I don't know. I just picture his tent was probably better than whatever they were using. With you guys all, have like $40 Walmart tents to fit like one and a half people, I bet. Yeah. Well, what kind, I mean, did we ever get into what kind of tent he had? No. No. Yeah. Mm. Mm, I can do it. Did you ever see those single person like tents? I'm sure you have, sure. Dave. They, they look like glorif like, like uh, just fabric caskets. Yeah. Like, and you, I couldn't do that. I, I'd be too claustrophobic that in that. sound great. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I've actually really, seen one in person before, and I wouldn't even get near it. I was like, like that. "Please get away from me! Yeah. Please get that thing away from me! You're bringing <laughs> me nightmares. This is not good." Uh, first of all, I don't want to sleep outside. That's terrifying. <laughs> Second of all, I don't want to go in that little chute that you call a, a, a tent. Have you seen one of those, Ian? No, they're literally like just like the size of a human body, and you just like slide yourself into them, and like you sleep in that as like a one-person tent. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. Like, I don't even think you have enough room to, like, hold your iPhone in front of your face because, you know, and if I'm camping, I want Netflix, obviously. <laughs> I don't even know how, like, how do you watch Netflix in that thing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Mike. Yeah. On the outside of the groups of tents was where Doe and T stayed in a trailer, and their campsite was called Central. This whole area was sectioned off by sticks, rocks, and logs, and no one was allowed to go outside those boundaries unless given permission by Doe or T. It was almost like having a compound, like how um, Shinrikyo had a compound or the Branch Davidians had theirs in Waco, but there were just no walls. <laughs> compound with no walls. Just a bunch of tents. It's just like my house without a roof. <laughs> And you just can't, you can't walk over the line of sticks. Yeah. Don't go to your neighbors, Dave. You got to stay in your compound. That's right. Together, these check partner teams were to focus on working towards achieving the answers to 17 questions. Doe and T called the 17 steps, all of which were to completely disconnect the person with actually being a human. Their bodies were now referred to as vehicles, just a shell housing their next level beings. So getting into these questions, can you follow instructions without adding your own interpretation? No, I cannot. <laughs> can, can, you, can you deliver instructions as you receive them or do they change according to your computer, your computer being your mind? Oh, clever. Well, if the instructions are wrong, then I update them as applicable. Right. Dave is failing this test so bad. <laughs> you're, not do, you're not doing good. Okay, you're not next level Fuck. like Ian and I. All right. 
Do you participate in inconsiderate conversation, polluting the ears of others while you and your partner work things out? We literally do this every week yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> Several times <laughs> a week. Yes. <laughs> Become bonus shows. It's like every day almost. <laughs> Are we kicked out yet? <laughs> Are you physically clumsy, breaking things because you handle them too harshly or carelessly? Yes. I think that could fall into where I slipped in the mud and pulled off <laughs> a piece of wood off of that fence. <laughs> I break shit all the time like that. I'm like, I didn't really touch it that hard. Why did it break? That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Do you halfway complete a task because of your poor standard of what is thorough? I'm going to answer no to this one. Finally. No, no, I don't do that. Yeah, I don't do that either. A job worth doing is worth doing right. That's what I always say. <laughs> Look here, fat boy. If you can't do it right, then don't do it. <laughs> do you put tasks off? Procrastinate. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I do that. I procrastinated on Bible Babble this month. Yeah, Ian, when was the last uh, Promised Land released? <laughs> As of right now, it's still not out. <laughs> Says the one guy who doesn't have his own podcast. <laughs> Throwing stones from a glass house. And Mike's standing at the keg over there. He's not speaking He's properly. Yelling He's yelling room. across the room. Because <laughs> he filled up my glass with a third foam, so he stuck over there. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, there are some settings off on this thing. Yeah, the person pouring a fucking keg. Are your patterns of cleanliness, sensitivity, gentleness, etc. consistent, or are they good only when spotlighted? Well, that's quite a vague question. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Fuck off, though, with that bullshit. Do you use more of something than is adequate? For example, excessively high cooking flame, more toothpaste than necessary, etc. <laughs> I like how cooking flame and toothpaste are what they say. Uh, I absolutely use more alcohol as necessary. <laughs> These guys are cooking on propane out in the fucking woods. They're like, do you use more propane? Than your, right. Is your heating flame, does it need to be that high? Really? Do you really need that quarter inch of toothpaste on your toothbrush? <laughs> A simple dip or drop would be sufficient. When I eat cookie dough ice cream at three o'clock in the morning, I, I eat double the, the serving size every time. So. I like to think in my mind when, when he said that he does that, it's when he's walking on a speedway and like he has his own little pint of cookie dough ice cream, but he goes to the dumpster and he gives little spoon bites to the raccoons too, who pop up and take licks and, and he takes his own bites. He's like, yeah, you guys get me. I get you. <laughs> And then he gets in his car and he goes home and, you know, has a good good trip to Speedway. It's like part cartoon, like in those Disney, like live action ones where the the raccoons are like cartoon behind him and he's all like yeah. talking to him. Yeah. Like Sorry. Roger the Rabbit. Right, right. <laughs> Do you go from one extreme to another as from overeating to undereating? No, I pretty much stick to overeating. I, yeah. I, I don't really know what undereating means. I'm not familiar with that term. <laughs> Number 10 is kind of long. This is, a, this is a long question here. Are you sensitive when approaching another individual about something you want to discuss? Do you permit that individual the choice to continue what he is doing, or do you force him to stop in order to give you attention? 
Do you stop and check or do you assume that what is on your mind is more important than what is on theirs? I don't know. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't know. It's just word soup. <laughs> <laughs> do you needlessly ask a question when the answer is obvious or a moment of silent observation would quickly reveal the answer? It's mm, a good one. Is that like asking some? Is that like saying what when you know damn well what somebody said? To give yourself a little more time to think about it. Because <laughs> I do that what? constantly. Uh, what's, this? <laughs> what's this now? <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, I think I do too. Yeah. Or, or, or I just ask them to repeat the question. So I guess that's still asking a question though. Like I, I, I really I have a hard time hearing you with your mask on. Could you repeat that? Yeah, they, <laughs> I think I do this on all of the uh, bonus show trivias ever to buy myself some time. Is that what you do? Hoping that like you guys get drunk enough to look away. We're going to disallow that in the next episode. No, no repeat questions. Nope. Oh, great. I'm going to say it one time uh, and mean, one time only. Because I've, be, I've gotten too close to winning before. That uh, has never happened, my friend. I think I've gotten one time in the history of that trivia show i actually even had the lead and it was after two questions and that was it i don't remember that you've yeah. never been in the same zip code as a winner well, at the end <laughs> are you pushy aggressive interfering or demanding in any way mike is honest to god all the time at, looked at that question real quick and thought it said are you a pussy aggressive <laughs> interfering or demanding in any way and i was like yes 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 and yes <laughs> They would not. They would not use swears in this cult. Absolutely not. Has familiarity caused you to become so relaxed with your partners or others that your actions or words don't hold enough restraint? Is that like when your wife farts in front of you? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I read that. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You're out. I don't, I don't allow that in my house. I don't know what you think you're doing. <laughs> Women don't defecate. <laughs> I like to view that poop shoot as having a completely different uh, use case. We, we, just call really it, want... we just call it turd cutter for fun. We know nothing actually comes out of there. <laughs> holes is holes. <laughs> Are you gentle, simple, cautious, and thoughtfully restrained in your steps and all other physical actions or words no honest to god never in my life <laughs> no or any of that have you outgrown defensiveness and its flip side martyrdom a anyway yeah, i'm not sure what that one's all about can you understand and review in your mind all the ways in which members of the next level are sensitive if you can you have no excuse for not working on improving these areas at all times it's really confusing yeah yeah can you understand and review in your mind all the ways in which members of the next level are sensitive? Do they? Okay. I was in, I'm like, how do they even understand what next level is? Because based on, you know, dough and tea, they mm -hmm. don't under, they, you know, they're not next level. So they can't understand something like that. Fucking trick question. <laughs> <laughs> when your teachers have asked someone to do a task and it relates to you, do you treat that task and it's delivers with as much respect as you would if it came directly from your teachers. No, secondhand news. Yeah, I agree with that. Not my prop, not my job. I'll be in the warehouse <laughs> polishing my knob. Andy, Andy Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> the 
so like we said in the, I think it was like question three or four where it said your computer and that meant your mind. They gave everything a sci-fi type name to resonate with the whole next level and UFO vibe. Like the parking lot of these camps, like these, these national forests and stuff, they called them docking zones. And they had an area in the camp called the decontamination zone which was used as a place for punishment, like to clear your mind if you did something wrong. They didn't have brutal punishments, like Jim Jones threatening to put someone's hand in the box with a poisonous frog and oh, yeah, that <laughs> poisonous like that. frog, man. My favorite is when they, the kids used to mess with Mr. Muggs and he would threaten to have Mr. Muggs rip their arm off and eat it or something like that. That I'd like to see. Also, fuck those kids for messing with Mr. Muggs. Don't fuck with our Yeah, he, he had to go through enough shit. Oh. Oh, you know, speaking of Mr. Muggs, uh, when Angie and I were looking through some tapes for Promised Land stuff, there was one where people didn't know they were recording or the tape just kept recording or something. And uh, these two guys were taking care of Mr. Muggs and they were talking about how much he hated him or how much they hated him because he was a pain in the ass to take care of. <laughs> Those motherfuckers. <laughs> They're just sitting there talking shit on Mr. Muggs the whole God time. <laughs> damn. Just once I wish he would have got out of his cage, slapped the shit out of some of these fuckos. How dare them? The decontamination zone was more about public shame. Like it's like, oh, look at that, you know. That person's just sitting there in that little circle of sticks and rocks. They can't leave it. <laughs> just feeling bad about themselves. So you just had to sit there, huh? Yeah. That could be worse, I guess. You could have your hand put in with a poisonous frog. Right. <laughs> what, uh, this will, and maybe you talk about it on Promised Land. Wasn't there one where, like, they, they beat a kid? No, never mind. I'm mixing it up. It's the one where the person said, like, he was, like, preaching in front of Jim Jones, and he was talking about how he wants to kill his mom or his family or something. We p played an audio clip of yeah, it in yeah, our yeah. series. I remember that. It was fucking disturbing. Oh, where they're, like, saying what they would do to their family members. Yes. Yeah. They were, like, doing, like, their testimonials or something in front of yeah. Jones, and, and that person was going on and on about how they want to, you know, they would kill their family if they could. Fucking Christ. Yeah, it's getting quite intense. More of that every week on Promised Land. So some of the things would land you in the decontamination zone. And th these are, these offenses are where you're really getting into stripping being a person away. Major offenses, deceit, doing an act on the sly, lying to my teachers or any of my classmates, keeping an offense to myself, not exposing it the same day sensuality permitting arousal in thought or action not nipping it in the bud breaking any instruction or procedure knowingly so those are the three mm. big ones you anytime i'm aroused i definitely nip some butts but <laughs> oh this said bud nipping it in the bud my bad whoops a doodles is doing an act on the sly like trying to do a weed or something like that and not telling anyone uh, motherfucker, you better not be doing a weed in this cult. <laughs> we need you clear of mind. Did you just button. do a weed going to decontamination center? <laughs> right. Doing a weed, even just the one time, could uh, catastrophic consequences. I believe so. Don't ever do a weed. Next thing you know, you're doing acid, right, Dave? 100%. Like covered that 20 last... minutes. Yeah. It's a gateway drug. Lesser offenses. Taking any action without using my check partner. Uh, this next one's kind of scary. Trusting my own judgment or using my own mind. 
That's an offense in every religion, using your own mind. (laughs) Can't do that. Twisting procedures for my own benefit. Responding defensively to my classmates or teachers. Criticizing or finding fault with my classmates or teachers. Allowing blatant or lingering negativity. Accepting the position of I can't. Permitting physical or verbal abuse, outbursts, harsh words, sarcasm, swearing, anger, hurtful teasing, loss of temper towards classmates. Allowing jealousy towards any classmates or comparing myself to others. Staying in my own head, having private thoughts, not staying open with my partner. Does that mean giving yourself head? Like Mike used to do that all the time. (laughs) Fucking wish. He he had like two of his rib bones taken out so he could suck his own dick. The old the old Marilyn Manson theory. (laughs) (laughs) Putting myself first, wanting my own way, rebelliousness, selfishness. Entertaining inappropriate fears and worries. Example, am I going to be asked to leave the class? Will our rest or consuming be adequate for my needs? Uh, Rest being sleep, consuming meaning eating. That's our terminology. Inappropriately offering suggestions, second-guessing, or jumping ahead of my teachers. Exaggerating vehicular symptoms. So, like, vehicle is your body, so faking sick or something. Oh, I thought that meant like a dead battery or broken arm or something. <laughs> like, I, I forgot that we're dealing with the terms. Okay, I got it. <laughs> Allowing anxiety, stress, tension, hyperness to affect my performance. Naturally, anyone can control that. Well, sure. Come on. I mean, I can, but I'm a master of my domain. That also, <laughs> but I've never had to worry about that with, you know, I'm knee deep in it, Dave. Come on. Come on. Understood. Picking or choosing certain tasks. This is another one that I found particularly uh, alarming, I guess. <laughs> Having likes or dislikes. Like, How are these people like, not just like sitting, staring at the wall? Yeah, right. With every rule, right. you can't do a goddamn thing. What do you do all day? You just listen. And pretend not to have mm-hmm. other, uh, you know, other thoughts. This one's a tough one to kind of figure out motives and stuff with this cult. Because they're also not going to punish you, though. Like, real, like they're not really yeah. going to go in the you know, little shame box for a yeah. while. I find this one to be different and hard to hard to figure out. You mean because the leaders are yeah. impregnating everybody, Dave? Yeah, like there's no, I don't know. It's just completely different. The characteristics of the cults that we've discussed I in agree. the past just don't seem to apply in this scenario. scenario. I don't know what that word is. It's not, I don't think, an English word. But I agree with you. I think you're right. Very bizarre. Permitting laziness or slothfulness. Procrastinating, having misplaced priorities or poor timing. Permitting lack of control over emotions to the point that it interferes with my work or rest or is a distraction to others. Participating in extremes and sensitivity, either blatantly insensitive or, or overly sensitive to the point of hurt feelings, either hurting my feelings or the feelings of others. Desiring attention or approval, wanting to be seen as good. Using inadequate restraint, responding or acting too quickly, voice volume, noise level with feet, doors, or other objects. So don't walk around. (laughs) Sit in your fucking circle and don't move, (laughs) asshole. (laughs) Bear with us, folks. We're on rule 23 of 100. (laughs) 
we'll get there. <laughs> I'm kidding. Engaging in familiarity, casualness, gossip, lack of restraint with others, being too aggressive or pushy. What's the matter with you? You don't listen to Brother Francis when he gives you a direction? <laughs> kind of like that. It's a little aggressive. I don't think they'd love Brother yeah. Francis. Probably not. He probably might not be welcome back. To the, to the tech, the You're trying tech. to get a whacked, uh, uh, Doe? You want to get a whacked? <laughs> Exercising poor control of thoughts running through my head, being easily distracted. It's 90% of the population. Yeah. Lacking in effort and commitment. Permitting impatience or intolerance. Being vain about my appearance. Vibrating femininity or masculinity in any way. Mike has some having, vibrating masculinity going on today. <laughs> Shaking the whole yeah. table. As every night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just radiate masculinity. It's a puddle of testosterone under the desk. What do you want from there. me? What do you want from me? <laughs> having inappropriate curiosity. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming that means sex. That's mm. sex related. And the last one, identifying with influences using the I or me pronoun. I mean, all of these put together, they just want you to sit there and be a brain dead individual. Right. And focus on the next level. And focus on the next level. That's and it. then that's it. But it almost seems like they have covered every single thing you do as a person. You're going to be breaking one of these rules. Right. I feel like even if you just eat, you're breaking a rule. I think you could put eating and find a definition, one of those 30 rules yeah. of lesser offenses. Like engaging in familiar, familiarity, casualness, gossip, lack of restraint with others. Yeah. The uh, casualness even, like don't get along with anybody. Yeah, okay, how, like, how you doing today? Yeah. yeah. Just sit there, be your own self, you know, but then, you know, you're lacking in effort and commitment, which is against rule number 26. <sighs> I don't get the appeal of groups like this. And I'm trying but to this is also, I feel like a cult where they're literally making it up as they go. They're, oh, yeah. They're not as sure. good as the Jim Jones. And they're, they're not polished. They're everybody else. Nonsense. Yeah. They're literally just like, uh, what, how the fuck do we keep people engaged? How do we get them yeah. to listen to us? Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. They're, they, they didn't. They're not as prepared and have a, they don't have a plan like everybody else did. Clearly, they've already been through th six plans that haven't <laughs> come through. Right. Oh, we were only kidding. We're going to that. That didn't really wasn't really supposed to happen. Who was killed on a volleyball court? No, we met like in the game of volleyball. Yeah. We were going to get murdered. Right. Like we're just not good at volleyball. You know, you play against Keith Ranieri. You see how uh, prepared he comes. <laughs> well, I, you know, we talked about in the last the end of the last episode. I don't think you guys probably remember that. But I assure you, I don't. The fuck, you trying to say, man? <laughs> We, we talked about like the type of person that would join this call. And, and I think this goes back to that conversation. It's a, this is a special type of person that would join this. This is somebody that's very socially awkward. Mm -hmm. They've completely, they're not, they're checked out of society at this point. Like the human, like shedding humanism is what they want to accomplish. Because they've never really felt human their whole life. They're like, Oh maybe this is where I finally belong. Right. I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I, when we started doing the show, we talked about cults. Like, hey, you, you mock these people in these cults. You're like, how, you know, I can never put myself in their shoes as being susceptible to such blatant nonsense. But I'm trying to have more 
empathy for for people open mindedness at least into this because yeah, yeah. i think some people are just looking for something in life searching for the whole meaning of life and i i think they just don't find it or susceptible to anyone who has you know oh it's the next level oh that must be the meaning of life one i agree i just i'm more intrigued with like at what point do you say Okay, maybe like this is a little much, you know, yeah. whether it be with, uh, you know, the Branch Davidians or or with these guys or with Jonestown. Like, I, I think I get why people join cults, but mm-hmm. I struggle with the, the aspect of like, the at what point do point. you stand up for yourself and say, hey, wait a minute, I'm kind of being taken advantage here. Yeah. But I guess, you know, once you're involved with something for a long time. You're not necessarily brainwashed, but you start believing these people and, you know, the David Koresh's and the Jim Jones and, you know, they're the charismatic guys. And you get the feeling that you finally belong to something. This is where you were meant to be. And it's better than what you had before. So you let all those other little things go. Right. It's literally the exact thing that Ian has done to you and I <laughs> in this cult. Like he he worked us into this thing That's and right. now we're fucking here and we're stuck. We right? feel safe, but he he god damn he he worked us into a shoot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like Rick Ross. It's it was either him or this other woman. I can't remember her name. She was on the newest Heaven Gate uh Heaven's Gate documentary series that was on HBO. They said, like, no one that survived a cult or, like, got therapy after being in a cult, like, no one has ever said, I wanted to join a cult, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I set out to join right. a cult. It's right. like, 10 years later, you're like, you get out of here, you're like, oh, shit, yeah, that was a cult. Yeah. So you just don't see and it that it way at the happens. time. That's what a lot of those Nexium people said, too. Like, you know, after they've been in there five, six, seven, eight years, they start thinking, am I in a cult? Yeah. Just hit you one day. To me, that's the most intriguing part is like, why do some people does that trigger for? Why do some does that not? And yeah. and then just kind of exploring the differences and the people who do figure out like, hey, I better get the fuck out of this. Yeah. That's yeah. very interesting to me. It's interesting for sure. I'm going to write a book on it one day. I'll read it. All right. <laughs> It'll be at wikipedia.com slash Mike underscore Namapod slash his book on cults. <laughs> read it all there free of charge <laughs> free of charge it's a labor of love right yeah. you're not looking to make a profit of course not that would be against the 30 l- rules nope you know how i make my profit dave how patreon.com slash necronomapod <laughs> some great bonus shows on that site i've been i've been there before if you thought we were bombed on the last episode check out some of those past ones <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back is there something interfering with your happiness something keeping you from achieving your 2020 goals? Let's face it, these are certainly trying times. From being cooped up inside your home to wondering how you're going to pay next month's bills, we're all experiencing some form of stress or strain on our mental health. And for that, BetterHelp is here for us. BetterHelp is an online mental health provider that will assess your needs and match you up with your own licensed professional therapist. The best part? No waiting rooms. That's a pretty big deal if you're as impatient as I am. BetterHelp is a safe and private online environment that will have you communicating with a counselor within the first 24 hours. And once you've begun, you can send your counselor a message at any time, always getting a helpful response in a timely manner. You even have the ability to schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all from the comfort of your very own couch. BetterHelp is available worldwide and has a broad range of expertise available, 
including licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflict, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're currently recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Not happy with your counselor? No worries. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches and makes it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Remember, everything you share with your BetterHelp counselor is completely confidential. And while it's not a crisis line, it is a convenient, professional, and affordable way to seek the help you deserve. Financial aid is even offered to those who qualify. Want to hear how BetterHelp assisted people just like you? Check out the testimonials posted daily on their site. Look, we here at Necronomapod want you to start living a happier life. So, as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com Necro. Join over 1 million people already taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, BetterHelp.com slash Necro. The next step in the Cult 101 handbook is usually changing someone's name. You've seen this a lot in past episodes. And here, Doe and T told followers sometime in 1977 to adopt two-syllable names that ended in O-D, so O-D-Y, and had three consonants in the first syllable, such as Rikodi, so R-K-K-O-D-Y, Jamodi, and Lavodi. Doe and T said that these names show that they were spiritual children of the next level. Really? Like O-D-Y was like a last name kind of thing from if i understand it correctly like it's a next level last name sounds like the old cab calloway song i like the odio 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 well that's the hadi 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 odio 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 you're saying he was part of this cult they ripped him off Mike's name was P-S-Y, Odie, Pussy Odie, Pussy Odie. <laughs> Pussody. Pussody. Sciody. <laughs> it's only two syllables, right? Sciody. That's already three syllables. Odie's two by itself. Come on. Don't question it. Come on, doe. <laughs> Wait, how to adopt a, yeah, two syllable names? Yeah. Please explain that. I don't understand, doe. Well, explain those 30 rules we just went through. Yeah. I mean, come on, pal. <laughs> Changing of their names led to further expanding on no sexuality, and everyone was to have short hair and wear gender-neutral clothing. You know, women weren't allowed to wear any makeup, anything like that, and everyone was to look as close to the same as possible. There's that video out there that I remember watching of them all in just... They all have very short hair, very, very androgynous, very short haircuts, and what are they wearing? Just like gray jumpers or something do you know what i'm talking about and this nike, video and nike shoes probably <laughs> Ian, do you remember that, yeah, that no, video? They were, they're just being interviewed for something or i think it was just their their self home videos from the cult yeah you might have seen the, their like exit statements before they maybe was, that's like, what their i'm final thinking statements. of yeah or they were sitting outside yeah yeah mm-hmm. but yeah everyone looked the same I, yeah, and I think it goes back to saying like this attracted a certain type of person. This, I, I feel like these people, like we said, are socially, very socially awkward, and probably a lot of people that got hurt in relationships or relationships mm-hmm. didn't work out for them. Yeah. So the idea of no sexuality was really 
appealing and like just shed all that shit mm-hmm. i don't i have no use for it and they really did all look the same like you said it was like same exact haircuts yeah and yeah. if they wore glasses they were very similar style glasses mm-hmm. that they all had and Doe and T were extremely paranoid that family members were out looking for their loved ones or the government was coming for them. So they constantly moved camps. They did this whole camping thing from 1976 until 1978 and bounced around from Wyoming to Texas and really wherever else they landed in the country. Sometime in 1978, member David Cinderend or Allody inherited somewhere between $300,000 and $500,000 from his father, who was the president of the Southern New England Telephone Company. That's a fuck ton of money in 1978. Sure it is. With this money, they would rent houses in upper middle class neighborhoods and have 15 or so members living in a house at a time. They would only allow certain members to go outside so it would keep neighbors from getting suspicious as to what was going on. That makes sense. Why the fuck are there 15 people living in that house? Right. Can you imagine one of the ones that had to stay inside, though? Like, this sucks. That'd be brutal. This house is really nice compared to the park, though. It's true. (laughs) There's toilets. That's right. And walls. Indoor plumbing. (laughs) Love is cult. This is next level shit. And you don't have to rebuild it every night. (laughs) Were they required to turn over that money directly to Doe and T.I.? Or T-I-T. <laughs> this guy convinced himself it's actually T.I. You can have whatever you that. <laughs> you worked yourself into a shoe. <laughs> or like, or the, you know what I mean? Like, did they have to turn it all over to him? Or like every month did they hit him up like, uh, hey, uh, trust fund guy. Well, we got to pay the rent this month. You know, I don't know. Because the, the guy that inherited all the money, his cousin was in this group for the whole time as well. He's he's featured a lot in the HBO documentary um, because he defected eventually after like 10, 15 years inside the group. But he just says that his cousin funded it mm. for about seven years, seven or eight years as money held up. So I don't know if he just handed it over all at once or just paid for everything. It's not really clear. Because it seems to be two models with that. Like some cults you have to sell all your possessions and turn everything over. Or if you go back to the next scene with that Charlotte Bront, uh, what's her name? Bront, Bront something. You just fund the whole thing. She was funding the whole thing. Yeah. But, I mean, she didn't turn all over all her money, but every time they needed funds, they went to her. That might've been more so just the case of Keith Raniere, just knowing the power he had over her. Yeah. Whereas clearly these people are just but bleed or drive versus taking all of her stuff. Right. Right. When they were living in these houses, they expanded on that whole giving everything a sci-fi name. House was craft. Kitchen was neutral lab. Laundry room was fiber lab. Bedroom was rest chamber. Bathroom, bath chamber. Eating, it's called consuming. Breakfast was first experiment. Lunch, second experiment. Dinner, third experiment. And that, that list goes on and on and on. It's for it's literally for everything that you would do had a different name. Was the pooper was called the garbage? Sci-fi. Was the pooper called the garbage chute? <laughs> you know, I don't I don't remember. Like the garbage chute in Star Wars where Leia and everyone got stuck in the trash compactor. <laughs> we call the podcast studio the Barley and Hops Chamber. So we're doing it now? Yeah, there you that's go. what we're gonna go with. All right, I'm fine with that. Yeah, Sounds great good. to me. Kind of space age, but kinda 
Talking I about thought, the beer. You given know. that we have high life, we call it the champagne room. Oh, that's not bad. T.I. would like that, probably. T.I. would like the champagne room. Yeah. There's and no then, stripper poles And then he'd here, get though. here and want Cristal, and we have fucking Miller. <laughs> hey, we're honkies. We'll give you Miller High Life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just... It's interesting how this this group, how they just completely took away... They were, you know, they took away all all human-like things. Like, they, they ate food. They didn't starve their members like Um Shinrikyo. No, I was picturing them eating, stuff. like, that oatmeal material from the Matrix that they squeezed out of the... I think I, I'm yeah. always asleep by that part. <laughs> like that you picture. <laughs> I bet you are. Yeah. <laughs> they it. would do these diets of, like, really, really bland food to where it would almost make it, like, eating wasn't enjoyable anymore. It was just something you had to do to fuel your vehicle yeah yeah so you could keep going but there was no enjoyment in food anymore it was just like this human task that unfortunately i have to do but i'm not going to enjoy it you know i just got to get through eating i wish i could look at food like that i wouldn't be so goddamn fat (laughs) i fucking love eating i just see a fucking commercial for a new sandwich at fast food and i'm like well i'm having that tomorrow I'm just not going to not have that. Like, who the fuck just doesn't? Who doesn't give in to every impulse and craving they have? Like, eating... That's me with sweets, man. Eating is a utilitarian functionality. I don't want that fast food burger. I don't want it one bit. I will have a bowl of oatmeal for I don't even understand those words you're saying. Like, what what does that mean? (laughs) Who doesn't want a fast food burger, like, just all the time? Like, I feel like even people who aren't us, who do have self-control, they always want that burger. They just are able to... They just have actual self-control and, you know, dignity and respect for themselves, and they don't get it. I feel fast food commercials should be banned by law. I'm like, why are you targeting me like this? I, I really it is. I don't it's need any personal tacos attack. today. Fuck off. It's a personal attack. It really is. Yeah. Man, I had a quesadilla burger today. It was so fucking good. <laughs> oh. God damn. I, every time I go to the gas station and I see some like new kind of candy, I'm like, well, <laughs> well trying that. Of course <laughs> that I'm getting looks that. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get I don't love yeah, I don't get the candy. I don't really love Well, candy. I mean I get that I mean I get, I the, get the what the, you mean though, yeah. The lack of control. Yeah, I'm not I'm, but that's just, you know, I don't go crazy for the sweets. Just give me all that greasy shit that's gonna take yeah. years off my life, destroying my heart. Or like last night when I woke up with I I always eat sweets really late at night. That's like my big craving. Like my daughter woke up with a bad dream last night and it took her a long time to get back to sleep. So I just sat out in the living room and ate four or five Reese cups, just hanging out at like four thirty in the morning. <laughs> Zero self control. You get those those big yeah. the big like the the thick Reese cups or just the normal ones? Uh, right now I have the Easter the Easter one, so it's the oh eggs. the eggs the eggs because yeah. now they have those Reese cups with the Reese pieces inside of them. Oh yeah, those are real good. Sounds good. It sounds delicious, but it's like Jesus Christ stuff stuff more. Uh, unhealthy sugary shit in other stuff it's just like adding bacon and like roast beef (laughs) to like your cheeseburger like let's just see how stupid fucking people are and what they'll eat also why do you have fucking easter candy already you buy it real early because then you eat it all in two weeks and you're like oh i gotta go buy more easter candy uh, I've been buying Easter candy since it hit the hit the store. <laughs> in all fairness, Dave, those those Reese eggs they hit different. They hit different. They're so good. I've also gone through like 
10 or 12 packs of peeps since they started selling oh, I don't do peeps candy. I don't do oh, peeps I love peeps <laughs> My mom does stale peeps. Loves uh, them. She'll eat them the next year. She saves them for the next year what? and then eats oh, them. Oh, goddamn. <laughs> hey, I don't know, man. She loves them. I don't know. I, I don't know I how don't, anyone could eat any of them when they're fresh. I don't love it. Uh, is it marshmallow or is it just its own new substance? I guess it's marshmallow. marshmallow. Is it? Yeah. Well, it's not good. Pass. My daughter wanted some uh, yellow bunny ones a couple weeks ago. And I went to the store and they had uh, they had some new colors. They had like uh, they had a green one and something else. So I'm like, you know, what? I'm just going to buy one, a pack of every color. I came. <laughs> so weird. I came, home with, I came home with bunnies of every color. Just sat there and housed them. <laughs> Jesus. We are the fucking slobbiest human beings. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so. Interestingly, and something I didn't know about Heaven's Gate, was one of my favorite people in the world of UFOs, Jacques Vallée, had a book come out in 1979 called Messengers of Deception. And he warned about Doe and T in that book. I've never read this book, so I was looking at the um, like the description of it's what your, it was it's about. It's your dude. What do you mean you've never read it? <laughs> I've never read Damn. all. I have not read all of his books. <laughs> It was like warning of with the rise of UFO sightings and the UFO phenomena of these groups that were popping up that could turn into cults Mm -hmm. with the way that they were acting. He had a lot of information figured out about them all the way back in 1979. He wrote, quote, in November, it was discovered that two people who claimed to be the leaders of that outer space organization were in fact quite ordinary humans. M.H. Applewhite, 43, born in Spur, Texas, a musician and opera singer, the son of a Presbyterian minister, and Bonnie Nettles, aged 48, a nurse who met him in Houston in the early 70s while he was recovering from a mental breakdown. They had first created meditation centers. Then about 1973, they began recruiting for him. That was that human individual metamorphosis. They found many people to listen to them. At the Stanford meeting, which I attended, they made half a dozen new converts. Later, however, they began losing members. The people who left their group would go home for several weeks and simply stare at walls. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> so Jacques Fillet went to one of their meetings, to that yeah. Stanford meeting. That's wild. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Or he was I, just in the middle of doing research for the book. He might have been because he from the way that book sounds is like, yeah, he sat in on a lot of these Hmm. different groups that were claiming different things about UFOs. And it was warning like some of the groups that sounded like were like contactee groups, like, I don't know, like not self-help, but like like support groups for people that were abducted by aliens or something like that. Yeah, right. And that there was like this religious or authoritarian aspect to these groups. And he was warning about a bunch of them. Good for him. Shortly after they moved from camping to houses, a woman named Nancy Brown, who is the mother of David Moore, AKA devotee created a group called a family network. Nancy being concerned for her son She devoted all her time to tracking down the whereabouts of the group and any information she could find. She would then send out a newsletter with details to any other concerned family members that were a part of her network. And this was, 
a very impressive amount of digging and detective work on her part for back in you know 79 through the 80s and pre-internet days she had letters go out with the fact that the group had dwindled down to 25 to 30 members detailed ideas on where they could be in the country based on i'm guessing records of them renting houses or something like that like she was tracking down like county records or something yeah how do you even do research back in those days can you even i, know. I can't even imagine i can't even remember and i you know i was alive back then but, i can't remember what it was like <laughs> back then but like i i also think like if this was like your kid you you might find a way do you do this. Sure. You know, you're going to you're going to have sleepless nights. You're going to go yeah. all out. You're yeah. going to do what you can. Good for this woman. You know, good on her. But just imagine what you that take like, a, the actions you have to take to locate data and, yeah. and whatever. I mean, you even, can't just like Google and then, you know, you can't do anything. Right. Pay that little. If you have like a map in your fucking car when you go somewhere. Right. It was terrible. I remember those days, Dave. I'm not. I'm not that young. I used to map quest. Well, I would have map quest and have a map. All right. Uh, but have to map quest directions and like print them out. I remember those days before GPS. That was back when you had to like buy the GPS device for your car. That's you know, right. You stick to your That's window. Right. And now it's like, who the fuck has? It? You have like your little phone. And they didn't work half the time. Yeah. I remember I was down on the Bourbon Trail one time a couple of friends and we had one of it was i think it was a garmin i want to say in the car i had a garmin and it was you know i think we were trying to get to the maker's mark uh distillery and it dropped us in a weed field somewhere <laughs> in kentucky so you smoked a weed <laughs> we did not <laughs> smoke a weed because there were some good old boys with shotguns walking around on this back road wherever the fuck the garmin took us and uh well so it, it was not the distillery it's not that the garmin's didn't work they were just shitty with like their service. Like if you're in remote areas, they didn't get great service. Right. They worked fine if you were in a you know more of a metropolis and if you're out in the you country, know, it would yeah. drop you yeah different places where you and, did not want to be. In all fairness, in this day and age, the iPhone sometimes is going to fucking crap out on they you. They give you some bad directions sometimes when you're. It's like searching, searching, searching. Like motherfucker, I need to turn left or right. Tell me where <laughs> right. I'm going. Right. <laughs> Fucking technology. Who needs it? We all do, but I'm just saying. <laughs> it, it's crazy, too. Like You read some of that, uh, some of Nancy Brown's letters, and she had very detailed stuff. Like, they were living in San Antonio for a period of time, and she had, like, a good roundabout time of how long they stayed there and when they left and stuff. Like, she really put all of her time and energy into trying to figure out where they were and mm. getting a hold of her son. Go for her. So, th and this just fueled paranoia for Doe and T. But in a further show of evidence that T was the was the leader and Doe was just her first follower, she didn't truly cut off her family like Doe and the other members were required to do. This whole time, she was writing letters to her daughter Terry once a month, and she wasn't staying in character of T. You know, I, like we talked about last week, based on the belief system. When T stepped into Bonnie's body, Bonnie then left to go inhabit the body of a newborn baby to keep on existing in this other life. She was sending these letters as Bonnie with no mention of the group or being T. She just wanted to keep in touch with her daughter. Yeah, like Bonnie's not in that body anymore. She shouldn't even know who the fuck that kid is, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's bullshit. I suspect she might be lying. I'm starting to think that they're I, making this up like as they go. I, I, I can't explain it. What's going on here? <laughs> Somewhere between 1979 and 1983, 
T had been diagnosed with cancer in her eye, and her eye was removed in 1983. Doe and T never said a word about any of this to the group and just acted like nothing happened, even though at one point T came back with clearly a fake eye. <laughs> Goddamn, pal. It's not that funny. It's weird not to acknowledge it to your cult when you know, well, you're looking at a glass. I mean, it's none of this weird when you're just like telling them to follow these rules. Like technically they shouldn't even be questioning you. They shouldn't even be looking you. I don't think that's, that's very true. They should be in their two man, one and a half person tent. Can you um, also imagine a cancer in the eye? Like, do you lose sight immediately? Do, is it just pain? Is that what Sammy then, Davis Jr. has? I don't know. He lost his eye. I don't know. And then, and then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, yeah, you got cancer in your it's eye. We've got to fucking cut it out. Ouch. That's when uh, Archie Bunker, when Sammy Davis, well, you guys, do you remember All in the Family? I remember, I don't know yeah. the, all the that episodes, was one of the but I know the show. When Sammy Davis Jr. came over to his house and Archie kept telling Edith, like, don't pay attention to his glass eye. Oh, my God. And then Archie God. goes, do you take cream or sugar in your in your eye? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Classic Archie Bunker. <laughs> Uh, different times back Different then. times, Mike. Different, different times. times. <laughs> Not necessarily better times, just different times. Well, I can't speak to that. I wasn't alive. So. <laughs> of course. It's not clear if removing her eye was successful in getting rid of the cancer or if she knew something was still wrong and chose to ignore it. But in early June 1985, T went into Parkland Memorial Hospital in Dallas, Texas, under the alias Shelley West, and was informed that the cancer had either never gone away or came back, but had now spread and was in her liver. Not long after this diagnosis, she died on June 19, 1985, still going under the alias Shelly West while at the hospital. Like she died under the name Shelly West, mm. which is very odd. I don't, I don't, yeah. that was really an interesting little detail and I can't figure out why she was using that name. It seems like that the diagnosis and the death, it came on pretty quick. Do you think, or is there any evidence pointing to the fact that they had time to, I guess, plan for the future of this organization? Like, did she give him, she was clearly the leader and and he was not like, did she give him any instructions on how to carry forward or was she kind of just running a scam and he believed it? And she's like, dude, I fucking made all this up. Fuck off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I wonder I what the scenario think, was there. Yeah. I don't know what her end game yeah, really right. was because she wasn't taking in all this money. Really? She wasn't having sex with everybody like i don't see the end game for her the purpose or the end game right yeah it almost seems like she was this woman living this very average life and was just sick of being mm -hmm. a wife and a mother and doing the day-to-day -day thing and was like fuck this i want to do something else i feel That's like he was i can the think of like you said he was the true believer and he bought all this shit from her and suddenly she's gone he's like huh and I think he probably starts going up the rails trying to figure out what comes next because, you know, it was all her idea. Uh, interesting fact. And I think most people probably know this about Parkland because of what was it, a movie or a TV show a few years ago? Parkland Memorial Hospital in Dallas is where John F. Kennedy passed away or was pronounced oh, dead. Right. Um, but incidentally, and I don't think as many people know this, Parkland Hospital in, in Dallas is where 
Kennedy was pronounced dead. It's where Lee Harvey Oswald, who assassinated him, died. Okay. It's where Jack Ruby, who assassinated Lee Harvey Oswald, died. Okay. And it's where Abraham Zapruder, who took the Zapruder film, also died. Interesting. All at Parkland. Mm-hmm. Zapruder, the Zapruder film was the one you always see if you On see the, the grassy Kennedy, knoll. The grassy knoll. If you see the Kennedy assassination, it's the Zapruder film. Um, but all four of them died at Parkland or died or were hmm. pronounced dead at Parkland Hospital. And I think, was it a TV show or a movie? Parkland is what it was called. I don't know. Well, I figured you would know this, Dave. I don't even know what you're talking about. It's it's Parkland. It's based on the hospital and based around the Kennedy deaths. Huh. No, it, I don't I, think I've ever even heard of that. Hmm. Sorry for that derail, Ian. But <laughs> Parkland Hospital, it just has a history. It's got a history. It's really interesting, actually. I, I agree. That many people... Yeah, all, all involved with the Kennedy assassination, all, you know, were a part of Parkland. And, you know, if you look into the Kennedy assassination, there 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 might be some tomfoolery going on with what might have happened at the hospital. But I suspect there was you know, tomfoolery. You can watch any History Channel documentary, you know, all 98,000 of them that have been made. Yeah, I would be interested to hear the conspiracy theories around that. So Terry Nettles didn't find out about her mother's death for about nine months after she died. When two members of the group showed up at her house to inform her, Terry then tried reaching out to Doe, who she knew as Herf. And, you know, her mother kept her in the dark on almost all of the cult stuff. She just knew that these two were like that her mother considered Marshall her like a spiritual best friend, spiritual mm-hmm. partner or something. Yeah. And she just knew him as Herf. Um, but she wasn't hearing anything back. Then randomly, she got an audio cassette in the mail, which possibly gives evidence toward more evidence towards Doe being the true believer and not the leader. Said, quote, Terry, this is Doe. I'm a bit embarrassed and awkward about the fact that I didn't contact you when T left her vehicle or died or however you want to look at it. I was so torn between trying to comply with her wishes I guess in honesty, I was so awkward, I might have been chicken and not just taken it into my hands and talked to you. This task and her mission for the kingdom of heaven was everything to her. She felt that this was the only consistent way to even end her part of the task. I think if you think about that, you can understand it and certainly don't grieve in thinking that she didn't want you to know because of a lack of love for you or anything because that certainly wasn't true. I'm going to pray for your release from this suffering. The suffering has been very great for me, and I want you to know that I love you, and I wish I could do more for you. Okay, again, their souls should have been in some newborn somewhere, so he should not have known who this person was either. Correct. But Quit poking what holes I th- on this, Dave. <laughs> it's a beautiful story. It's a love story. <sighs> what I thought was interesting about this quote from him or this tape is that he doesn't call himself Marshall or Herf. Herf. He's, Herf. He calls himself Doe. <laughs> he doesn't call her Bonnie. He calls her T and says that she left her vehicle. He's still using the terminology just talking to her daughter. Right. But her daughter wasn't aware of this, right? Because Bonnie never... Right, but like you would Bonnie, think- you, Bonnie, to use a wrestling, Bonnie K. Fabed all of this, right, to her daughter. Like we said earlier, right? Didn't you say that when she wrote her letters back to her daughter? Yeah, it, the, yeah, and they were just normal letters, like, yeah, like she, how are you doing? Right, she K. Fabed the whole cult thing. 
Mm. Meaning, he's real meaning upset like on she this. hit like, it. She, she, you know, I, I, people don't know what the fuck I'm telling like, what the fuck is Mike saying? <laughs> she, she hid the fact that she was like an occult. She didn't use yeah, the terms. Right, right. She led two but, lives, if you will. But didn't but allow anyone else upset. to do that. And you, he's really upset in this and he's trying not to cry and stuff. Mm. But you would think if he's that upset, he would just cut the shit and just talk about it in real world terms. And be real for once, right? Yeah. And be like, Terry, this is her for whatever. Yeah. Her. F- and not talk about any of this next level shit. Yeah. But he's still going on with it. He won't call himself Marshall or anything. I, I in my mind that those kind of things make me lean more towards the thing that he was just a true believer in her. Like he really believed this shit. I think that's right. Cause he believes her so much. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I agree. Afterwards, Doe was extremely depressed and questioned everything about what they were doing. Was, this wasn't supposed to happen. There was supposed to be a physical change, like a caterpillar changing into a butterfly and they were supposed to change into these alien beings and ascend to the next level when they were ready. And interestingly, in a weird, like positive feedback loop, the, the followers encouraged Doe to continue and move forward. Doe had told them that T had, quote, traveled to the next level because she, quote, had too much energy to remain on Earth and she abandoned her vehicle to make the journey. <laughs> She's like Dr. Manhattan and too much energy to remain on Earth. Exactly. <laughs> That's a really funny joke. I totally get that. <laughs> That's from the the Watchmen graphic novel, Mike. Yeah, I know. That's why I said I totally get that. You should read the you should read the book, then you should watch the movie, then you should watch the HBO series. Watchmen? Is that the Watchmen? It's the movie that everyone said was amazing. Movie is fantastic. Yeah, maybe it was just talking to you, though. Like you said, it was like one of the best graphic novel. It's awesome. Comic like I, re- I read the book and, yeah. I, and I watched the movie and then HBO did uh, a one one season series loosely based on the graphic novel. And it was but awesome. The series is better than the movie. Boy, it's 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 close. They're both great. The series is probably the best just one year of. TV I've ever Maybe seen. that's what I single heard you season. Say. Okay. That I've Maybe ever that's seen. what I remember you saying. So then in October 1985, Doe allowed members to travel home to see their families. This was intended to show families that they were there of their own free will and they were to tell their family members that they were studying computers at a monastery. Which I don't really get that. You're like, oh, I'm uh, taking. Uh Windows 95 courses. <laughs> what year are we in here? 85. I'm taking, um, I don't know, something that the, monster, the brothers are teaching. Brother Francis, I'm a, I'm a computer engineer. Ow! <laughs> Take my class. Don't hit the Windows button. Then what's wrong with you? You're getting the pasta sauce all over your buttons. Ow, come on. <laughs> Tina got to come in and clean this shit up. <laughs> So, Mike, I don't know if you know this. Ronald DeFeo uh, died this week. I've been told by you and uh, I've seen a lot of social media posts. <laughs> he, was, uh, he was the character that spawned your, oh, the shit on the bull character. <laughs> Way two, two years ago, whenever that was. 
when we did was that Amityville Horror? Amityville uh, Horror. It was. You guys have never asked questions about that one, do you? On <laughs> trivia shows. No, no, we're not. Oh, no. The shit in the bowl. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> I don't remember what else I said, but <laughs> the shit everywhere. Oh, shit in the bowl. Well, the context was he was arrested for, you know, killing his whole family. And then he was uh, telling the cops, like, what slobs his brothers were. That's right. That's how shitty they left the bathroom. (laughs) Yeah. The only part I remember is, like, something like my couple or my brothers is a couple of pigs. (laughs) Right, right. My brother's a couple pigs. I eat a chicken parm. I go to take a shit. And it's all over the fucking toilet. Ow! What am I supposed to do? (laughs) <laughs> gotta get the shotgun out obviously god damn r.i.p r.i.p so these trips were short and when they left the members didn't tell their family members where they were going and only one person decided to defect and not return to the group that nancy brown woman before she passed away um she passed away not too long ago, but she did an interview for another podcast a couple of years ago that did uh, was doing something on Heaven's Gate. It was really sad to listen to her because her son, you know, she spent so much time trying to track them down. And then her son just randomly popped back in for a couple of days and then left again. And uh, he he was one of the ones that would end up mm. in the mass suicide at the end. But, yeah, it was just really sad listening to her talk like... She's like, I thought I had him back, and then yeah. he took off again. And they managed to get her on a podcast. Dave, how's uh, Casey Anthony going? <laughs> She's not returning my calls, Mike. Oh, man. All right, we'll not sure keep, what to do. We'll just keep emailing a 30-year-old uh, website and keep getting responses <laughs> from them then. <laughs> when they got back, Doe presented them with an odd question. He said, if you had $100, what would you spend it on? This threw everyone off because they had been practicing to want nothing to do with personal items for like 10 years at this point. The answer to this question was a $100 gold wedding band. Doe held a ceremony in which he married each member of the group. And this was pretty much a loyalty test. Does this mean like he personally married each member or he officiated each member getting married? No, they he sat in a chair and they each walked up and he put the ring on their fingers like one at a time. And from people that defected after this, their account of this was like he's going off the rails. He was like in tears the whole time. Mm. Like he's really not all there. This like is what Bonnie happens. Nettles dying threw him off big this, time. This is what happens when like a follower becomes the new leader. Yeah. Right. Because Bonnie's dead and she was the one running the show. Exactly. Doe then expanded on T's departure from her vehicle. He stayed with the concept that her vehicle had broken down and needed to go back to the next level. But he explained that the only reason he was still here and the members were here was because they had more to learn, including him. Doe said that T communicated to him from the next level, guiding him in these teachings. He also now referred to her as my father or my older member, like really putting the emphasis on T being God and Doe being Jesus. And he goes in like off the, he's going like off the rails level of mm. that. She still communicates to him. Like in the, in the exit videos, 
um, and some of the other teams, like when he does the teach, like any videotape teachings going forward, he had a chair next to him, an empty chair for her at all times. It's a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'd be weirder watching that, like with the video and like the empty chair or, uh, you know, listening to the, the speakers in Jonestown of Jim Jones just coked out of his fucking mind, just pontificating <laughs> for hours and hours yeah, and hours. That was weird. More of that on Promised Land. Yeah, was, that Jonestown stuff is terrifying over the loudspeaker. Yeah. Oof. Also, my wife calls my penis my older member, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's ins- funny, because when Ian and I are talking about our show to other people, we refer to you as our older member. <laughs> <laughs> as you should. As you should. <laughs> Come on, man. Nothing wrong with being 63. <laughs> Dave is not 63. I will say he's come on. Damn. 62. Early retirement. (laughs) Doe began to put stricter rules on the followers, teaching that they needed his guidance the same way that he needed guidance from T in the next level. This pretty much guaranteed that there was no possibility of the group continuing if Doe were to die. A relationship with Doe was now the only way to get to the next level. Like before they were focused on this self-help type thing and just working towards shedding your, your humanness or, you know, your human characteristics. And it was more self-help based. Now it was, you had to commit to dough to be able to get to the next level. He kept some aspects of that whole metaphysical self-help stuff, but it really shifted towards the Bible with the Bible being taken as completely literal like everything in the bible was matter of fact it's just everything was aliens and people didn't have the terminology to say it was aliens i'll be honest i think the bible would be way better if it was all aliens that's way cooler maybe it is dave that's how i'm gonna read it now. maybe you were educated on it wrong maybe i was mm. coming soon to bible babble <laughs> The Alien Bible Fact or Fiction. Maybe that's, you turn your summer edition of Bible Babble, you know, June, July, August, into yeah. like the alien edition of of the Bible. Really? I mean, I, I'm doing work for, like, uh, I'm giving you work, because now, <laughs> now you'd have to make that happen. But I'm just like, what if you just interpreted the Bible, different passages, as if it was aliens? Hmm. It's not a bad idea. Abraham was going to cut off his son's alien dick. <laughs> <laughs> sacrifice his son his alien son for the the overlord alien above makes it more interesting moses sure. came down with you know the 10 commandments that were lasered into stone <laughs> by the mothership mm. i see where you're going with this just i mean if total conversion it kind of makes it a little cooler if all I, of it was just alien i agree i'm gonna look into that doe also changed his view of ascension Previously, it was taught that the group would physically ascend from Earth and that death caused reincarnation. But T's death left behind a physical body that wasn't changed. So it forced Doe to say that the ascension could be spiritual. Doe landed on that her spirit had traveled to a spaceship and received a new body and that his followers and he would do the same. He said that Jesus, a.k.a. Doe, who was an alien, came to Earth, was killed, and rose from the dead before being transported onto a spaceship. Jesus, a.k.a. Doe, 
was a gateway to heaven, but had found humanity wasn't ready to ascend when he first came to earth. But now he was back in Marshall Applewhite's body to prepare people to move to heaven, a.k.a. the next level, with the guidance of T, a.k.a. God. What a tangled web you weave, Ian, because <laughs> very, very complicated. <laughs> I'm not sure we're ever going to get to heaven based on those instructions. Nope. I don't think we're I don't think we're ever going to be ready for it. Mm. This is like when you're trying to use your Garmin in the middle of the nowhere. Right. It doesn't know where the fuck you're going and how the fuck you're supposed <laughs> to get to the Maker's Mark. Brewery, right. You're or, at you Maker's know, Mark. No, I'm in a field with some Billy Bobs with shotguns <laughs> protecting their wheat plants. That's a derogatory statement towards NASCAR fans, Dave. I don't appreciate that. <laughs> so after ironing out the changes to the belief system and gaining more control over his followers. In 1988, Doe decided to break the 12-year isolation they had been living in and mailed out the 88 update. And that is where we will pick back up on part three. The 88 update. Have you ever read that, Mike? Yeah! (laughs) See you next week. (laughs) No, I have not read the 88 update. I have neither. At the time, Dave, I I couldn't even read... That's true. I was learning, but I couldn't read. Were you, though? Well, I learned to read two years ago, so I was trying <laughs> from then until now. It's quite long. It's like I was flipping through it last night. Mm. It's like 17 pages. Well, they had, 12, they, had 12 years, they had 12 years to make up for, right? Like, given the updates. He gives some interesting, we'll go, we'll go over it next week, but he gives some interesting recommendations at the end of it like recommended reading for people. And it's all like really good UFO books that I would recommend to people. (laughs) You could have had a book club with, uh, with, uh, M.A. Chapelwhite. So we just figure out that Ian would have been a part of heaven's gate. I think we said that last (laughs) week. (laughs) Probably. So fuck Jonestown. He would have been part of heaven's gate. He's like aliens. I'm I'm going next level. Sign me up. (laughs) My only issue is when they would start telling me that I can't eat peeps or <laughs> Reese cups at four in the morning. And you might have had some issues. You know who can eat those at four in the morning? Doe and T, because they're the cult leaders. They do whatever they want. Well, until you die yeah. of eye cancer. Then you're well, not anything that, yeah. I don't even know if a doe was doing that stuff. I think he was. That's I true. He, he probably believed fully committed. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. He probably believed all this shit and was following it to a to a T. Boom. I see what you did there. (laughs) Boom. All right. Well, that was part two. We thought we were going to end this week. Nobody thought that, Mike. Well, no. You didn't think that, and I didn't I'm pretty sure I'm the one who called it from the beginning and said that, Ian, this was going to be three parts at least. So I will start with Ian. You got anything else left for part two? No. Dave, you want to give another sloppy sentence about how you rule? <laughs> well, like I said last week, I'll save judgment for next week. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. Oh, boy. We got a lot of patron shout outs. Um, thank you very much to Julian Pacheco, Navy Nate, Aaron M., Kathy Shirley, Sue Chandler, Felicia Tucker, Zach Stovall, Meg, Mike Valentine, Michael Murphy, Adam Scotia, maybe Scotia, apologies, Adam, Sarah Strupp, A.V. DeMorat, Carrie, Rachel Ware, 
Crystal Swarmer, Jacob, Cameron Ramondell, Andy Chesser, James Barrett, Lottie Bell Murdoch, Amy, Kaylin, Caitlin, Benjamin C. Gentile, Brandon Stewart, Lee Mosteller, Grand Wapiti, Luke, Skylar Edgarding, Chase Kalufetti, Bo, Tyler Kemp, Sarah Farmer, Risa Brothers, Sierra Hutton, Ashley Tyler, Andrea, Kathleen, Phoebe Broad, Micah, Bridget, Larissa Gadsby, Pig Venus, Madeline O'Shaughnessy, Samuel Parsons III, JJ, Dana Ashley, Bev Rule, and Amanda Hamilton. Thank you all so much. We are at patreon.com slash Necronomapod. We appreciate all of your support. Uh, it really means a lot to us. Thank you so much. Good looking bunch of patrons, Mike. I agree. Yeah. The best looking bunch of patrons. Oh, absolutely. I'd put ours against anybody's. Uh, Ian, what do you got? Uh, before I get to iTunes, I have a shout out to Sunday Austin. She sent us this really awesome framed artwork. It's of our podcast artwork, like what's on iTunes, but it's all these little, um, like little cubes of like, I don't know if they're plastic or what they are, but it's pretty impressive. It's gotta be like a thousand little cubes. Wow. That's cool. Damn. So thank you for that. Really cool. Um, and then for iTunes, I have one for Bad Mama Trucker, The Will Wright, Megan B27, L Rohana, Captain Morgan NC, and D Wright 1212. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. Thank you very much, Dave. What do you got? We have one entry this week in the bad review corner. Uh oh. Mike, Ian, this one's titled Cut the Sophomoric Chatter. This comes to us from Green Owl. Found this pod today and really wanted to listen to the Heaven's Gate episode. 20 minutes in, I hardly knew anything of the story due to the host's frequent lapses into some really cringeworthy attempts to be humorous. Really awful. One star. We are nothing if we're not cringe. Very right. cringeworthy. Sure. <laughs> We've been that's called that what makes time. us lovable, right? I think so. That might not have been the greatest episode to start out with, maybe. If you were looking... Well... Yeah. Not get that type of well, humor. Yeah. You you make a valid point, Ian. And if you don't want hu- humor, might I suggest NPR? They offer great content, yeah. very serious, very dry. You can learn a lot of stuff. Yeah. And the, the hosts speak clearly and directly into the microphone. <laughs> they don't say words that don't exist. They don't laugh like a bunch of hyenas. They just speak truth and tell you good stories. And you just don't have a lot of fun. And you sit here like this all day and you listen to the words and you're like, this is really boring. I don't know why I'm still listening to the words. Well, in all fairness, I do enjoy some NPR, but I know I what I'm getting when I listen well. to it. When I'm, you know, I'm not trying to listen to F. Mary Kills when I'm listening to F, uh, you know, NPR. Right you are, Mike. Okay. I suspect that this person did not appreciate Brother Francis. What's the matter with you, green owl? <laughs> Brother Francis <laughs> tells you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> green owl. What is that? Green owl. Fuck you, Green Owl. So let it be written, so let it be done. <laughs> Brother Francis. <laughs> <sighs> All right, what else? Uh, we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, at Necronomapod. Amazon.com, search Necronomapod. I think I got them all, right? You got a new shirt up there for sale, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> that motherfucker. 
So we were having a conversation. I wonder how many people stick around like through our outro yeah, we'll to see. like actually hear like I some of this know. shit. Because, you know, those of you that are still sticking around, unless they're watching their fucking... All of you motherfuckers, you better well, stick around, Brother Francis <laughs> says. There's a thing, they're watching their fucking shot clock, and they see there's like 10 minutes left in this episode. Uh, so, I don't know. Somehow today, we were talking about trying to get some t-shirts sold, and Ian was coming up, obviously. He's always coming up with some good, sweet logos. And Dave was working on some, but said it was very difficult for him to draw people the best he could do is stick figures and i was like well motherfucker i can't even draw stick figures and i literally took 10 seconds to draw a stick figure and write necronomapod and i sent them a picture and then the next thing you know they sent it to amazon and it's available for purchase <laughs> literally it took me 10 seconds but in all fairness i i that is the best you're going to get from me that is my artwork mike as we sit here right now I believe you sold well over 10 of those shirts already. People love it. I spent hours creating a <laughs> Necronomapod St. Patrick's Day shirt, and like two people bought it. Your nonsense already sold 500% more than my St. Patrick's Day shirt. In all fairness, uh, we haven't even officially announced my shirts for sale. <laughs> Uh, but first of all, motherfuckers, go buy Dave St. Patrick's Day shirt. It's still pretty damn cool. It's a badass shirt. And now it'll be a collector's item because it's for 2020. I'm pulling uh, it off the market tomorrow. I think we might as well keep it. We got like 198 <laughs> slots over there on Amazon. Uh, but also go buy my stick figure shirt. You know, if you ever meet me one day, I'll sign it for you free of charge. Or I'll put on lipstick and I'll kiss it for you. You know, whatever you want. Whatever you want. <laughs> That's fantastic. You know, whatever you bring, you or you bring your girlfriend with it, and now you know motorboat or boobies in the shirt. Whatever you want, whatever you want with lipstick on. Is that what I would do that as well. Sure, I would do that as well. Look, I was literally trying to prove a point to the guys that I can't draw, and I did my best in ten seconds. And the next thing you know, we've sold ten shirts. Yeah, and I've gotten a few. Sub I got a submission for. For, uh, People want to draw their own shit of, now. <laughs> <laughs> of uh, Elron, of a stick figure, Elron Hubbard. <laughs> Maybe that's what we do next: is have listeners submit, and then we'll pick the worst one to make a shirt. Ian, who sent that? Missy Jean fifty eight. That on Instagram is fucking fantastic. I was laughing my ass off. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, what is it, Ronnie? Why don't you audit my cock? Oh, why don't you audit my cock? Yeah, there's some kids down in the corner laughing. And this really shitty Elron Hubbard. That was when Elron was holed up in his apartment, and right? Queens. The kids would yeah, just mock him. They were him. heckling him. And then Dave made the comment, <laughs> Yo, why don't you audit my cock? One of the classic lines. This, this shirt, though, is fantastic. I love it. So funny. An audit my cock shirt does sound pretty damn good. Stick figure style. I mean, you, I don't know wanna, how that goes. I don't think I want to be a guy walking to a bar that have the shirt that says audit my cock. But well, well maybe, some men maybe might, you do. Some some men might like it. I should have on my stick figure for our shirt just drew like a twelve inch dangle. You know, be like, oh, that's the fucking. You know, <laughs> that's what he's fucking armadillo. That's what he has in his pants. Just call that college Mike. Spread the top, college right. Mike. Well, many people have perceived my photo that I drew to be a ripped off bloody cock. 
some perceive it to be a weapon, it's open to interpretation. Okay. I know what I drew it as, Fair enough. but it's not for me. Not a self-portrait, a, necessarily. It wasn't supposed to be a self-portrait. No. It was literally my drawing of a serial killer to represent Necronomopod. Okay. Take it for what it's worth. Okay. Available right to now. To me. Go ahead. It, it, look, it almost looks like a... Like he's holding a ripped off arm to me. Oh, wow. see, see, look o- at that. Open to interpretation. Amazon.com slash Necronomopod. We have it both available in black ink and white ink on multiple shirt colors. If it, I want it to become our best selling shirt <laughs> of all time. Just so that, that would be <laughs> utterly ridiculous. <laughs> yes, it would. Maybe put it on some koozies, some stickers. <laughs> Guys, there's plenty more where that came from. If you want me to drop some stuff, I'll give you. How about a cell? I'll give. I'll give you portraits of all three of us. I'll draw them up. Do it. Yeah, maybe we'll see. <laughs> Anyways, that's all on Amazon.com. Uh, Search Necronomapod. Like I said, we're on all the social medias. We're on the YouTube's. All that fun stuff. All right, you guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. <laughs>